0: Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here. I am going solo today to break down the Knicks loss to the Suns. They fall 118 and 97 at home. It was never pretty. The Suns really just looked like a team that had won 14, 14 straight games and was looking for their 15th. And the Knicks just kind of at a certain point just gave it to them. So. I'll talk about it more in just a sec when we get into it on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. A five. Ewing from the rim. Yes. Up, up left. now fires it. And he's fouled. all (laughs) All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I just wanted to thank all of you for always making Locked On Knicks your first listen whether that is on your favorite podcast platform, which we're available on all of your favorites for free, or on YouTube, where we're now streaming video. That's right, you could see my beautiful face right now, or maybe you don't think it's beautiful. I don't know, either way, judge for yourself. Go subscribe on YouTube, maybe drop us a couple likes. It's much appreciated, and it's helping us out with something new we're trying with the video aspect. At any rate, I'm Alex Wolf. I'm Editor-in-Chief of Nick site, The Strickland. Which you can find at the strict.land. I think I'm still full from Thanksgiving dinner two days later, or a day and a half, I guess I should say later. Uh, and I am not at all full or satisfied from this Nick's loss to the Suns. Of course, I said in the intro 118 to 97. If you watched it, thanks for suffering along with me. If you didn't, you didn't miss too much. I can I can safely uh, sum it all up for you here in this in this little podcast here. So, you know, I think here's, here's the first thing. The Knicks ran into a buzzsaw in this game. You know, the Suns had won 14 straight games coming in. Uh, there was all these quotes before the game from Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton about how much they love playing at MSG, how they always get up for these games. Tell me if you've heard this one before, especially this year, you know, that opposing player X loves playing at the Garden and is ready to have a career night there. Hey, go figure. I mean, they didn't have career nights, but Devin Booker had 32 points on 14-27 shooting. DeAndre Ayton had 14 and 13, 14 points, 13 rebounds, only missed two shots going 7-9. I mean, they, they did their thing, and the Suns did their thing. They looked like a team that's won 14 straight games, that was going for their 15th, which is a pretty significant milestone, that is looking to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. That won the Western Conference last year in pretty convincing fashion. I mean, I think the Suns are legit, and that should come as no surprise to anybody based off what we've seen from them so far. The Knicks just ran into a team that has their stuff figured out. I was gonna say something a little more colorful, but in case it's <laughs> in case you're one of the people that listens with their kids in the room, I'll hold my tongue there. Uh but the the Suns have things together. Um and, and looked like a team that, you know, is a well-oiled machine from top to bottom, starting lineup, bench unit, everything. The Knicks still obviously are figuring things out. They also were without Derek Rose, who's a huge catalyst off their bench. I'll get to that in a minute. They were without Taj Gibson, who probably would have been really useful tonight because New Orleans Noel looked really hobbled. I'll get to that in a minute as well. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the first quarter first. It was actually pretty encouraging. Uh, it, it, the starters actually looked pretty good. I thought, you know, they were finding pretty good shots. Fournier started off really hot again, uh, made, I think two or three, three pointers in the first quarter, um, which he didn't do too much beyond that. I think he actually made all three of his threes in the first quarter. I could probably pretty easily look that up, but I'm in the middle of recording a podcast, but screw it. I'm a professional. I know how to talk and stall enough time for me to pull up the first quarter score here. And that is true. He was three of three in the first quarter, didn't hit another three after that. So Fournier essentially, you know, just completely uh, uh, blew whatever energy he had in the first quarter of the game and then was not able to really hit anything from there on out. RJ Barrett kind of did the same thing Uh, while I've got these first quarter numbers up. RJ, actually, I'm sorry, RJ was two points of two in the first quarter, but he did hit Some other shots uh, at at points in the game, he went two of two in the second quarter, which maybe looked like things were turning around for him. Uh, He did manage to hit a three in the third quarter, but then shot pretty poorly other than that. And that was kind of just the case for the Knicks in general in this game. It was, you know, I don't really think that this this game was like a, a huge, it wasn't determined by like one huge run, let's put it that way. It was just kind of a death by a million cuts. There was one point where the Suns scored, I think by the time all was said and done, like nine or 12 straight points, something like that. And that was obviously kind of a backbreaker. Uh, That was in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, when they sort of made that little mini run that sort of put them out in front by a good margin. But then, you know, beyond that, they just kind of kept doing the thing that good teams do, which is keeping the Knicks at arm's length. Like, if you look at each individual quarter, the Knicks didn't really lose that badly if you want to look at it that way for example they were they lost by six in the first quarter seven in the second quarter then just four points each in the third and fourth quarters so you know taken individually that's like oh well that's just a bad quarter they could come back but they just never did and then you obviously if you give up you know six plus seven that's 13 points in the first half and then eight and then oh look you lost by 21 um So it was just kind of one of those games where things just kept compounding. The Knicks weren't ever able to really make that run to push them to the next level um, and, you know, make an actual comeback out of things. Um, Also, you know, I should note, too, like the bench was kind of struggling to hit shots. Uh, I I think that this game was a pretty good referendum on like Derrick Rose and how much, especially against good teams, the Knicks really need him off the bench. And just how valuable that chemistry is between he and IQ and he and OB and and he and pretty much everybody that comes off the bench. Burks, too. I mean, they've they, especially that that trio, you know, Rose, IQ, Burks, they seem to have a really good chemistry together. And, you know, the, Tibbs actually inserted Quentin Grimes in there for some of those minutes that would have normally belonged to Rose, which then gave the reins to Quickly as the point guard. That actually went quite well. I, I liked a lot how Quickly did as the point guard. Um, which I'll get to in the next segment. But, you know, Rose's absence was really felt in this game, I think. I, I think the Knicks were missing that that tempo pushing. But beyond just that, just like another person to feed Obi Toppin in a productive way on his on his lobs and, you know, those like long passes and transition and stuff. And, I, I you know, I just think that there was something missing in that bench unit and they weren't really playing well outside of IQ. And, Burks played pretty well too but like Obi really struggled to get going and as good as Obi and IQ's uh you know rapport is I think that Obi and Roses is maybe even better. Um so I think that was definitely missed and then you know I already kind of mentioned but Noel was just really kind of a train wreck in this game uh not playing super well. So uh, you know Rose was sorely missed. Hopefully he'll be back soon uh with that I think it's sprained ankle that he's dealing with right now but uh he's definitely needed back on the team sooner than later because they they really uh, are missing him at this point, I think. But I'll, I'll take just a quick moment to remind all of you that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag, and it's Thanksgiving, the copy says it's Thanksgiving, I'm going to say it's Thanksgiving weekend, <laughs> and we all know what that means, football, and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting, in this case, turkey leftovers, BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving weekend. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus again at BetOnline.ag. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> all right. So, getting into the next next uh bit here. Um, I, you know, I want to talk about IQ and I mean Emmanuel Quickly is just he's he's just proving game after game at this point that he needs more playing time. You know, the, the Tibbs needs to find a way. I know that there's a big time logjam at the positions that Quickly would presumably play. You have Evan Fournier who you played who he paid a bunch of money this past offseason, uh, you know, to the tune of, of eighteen million dollars to be your starting shooting guard. You have Kemba Walker, who you signed as your marquee free agent, even though he's making, you know, the least amount of money, or not the least, but like a low amount of money relative to what he was making before and what he was previously valued at. You know, he's a, a big name that is expected to start and get a decent amount of minutes. You have Derek Rose, who you just paid, you know, another guy, big name brand recognition. It's hard to totally, you know, want to displace him in favor of the second-year player that you got coming off the bench. But, like, Emmanuel Quickly has just played so well at this point. it's To me, it almost feels akin to, like, you know, the Jazz, for example, did not, you know, keep Donovan Mitchell Mitchell coming off the bench once it was readily apparent his rookie year that he was, you know, a superstar in the making. You don't, like, put baby in a corner there. You let them play, and you let them get better – and maybe you let them take a few lumps here and there and have some inefficient shooting nights or whatever, but you just kind of bank on the fact that, like, yeah, like, this guy, you know, he might be flawed because he's the only second-year player, but he is giving you so much on the court right now that it's it should be impossible to justify giving him less than, like, 25 to 30 minutes a night. And yet, in this game, despite being behind for a good deal of it, which kind of would have opened the door for, you know, More run for quickly because you just kind of be like, Well, all right, relatively low risk. I mean, Tibbs even like threw the flag in or threw the towel in early, waved the white flag. I'm mixing metaphors or mixing sayings, whatever. Um, but like you know, Tibbs threw in the towel or waved the white flag early in this game, uh, by putting in Kevin Knox around the eight minute mark and then going like fully bench unit at around the four minute mark. So that you know, Deuce McBride coming in, probably robbed quickly of about four minutes there. But even so, he only played 20 minutes. And so that means at most, even if Tibbs would have rode him for those final four minutes for no reason, he would have only had 24 minutes for the game. And that just doesn't seem like enough. I mean, I just I feel like IQ is I think he's played himself into that conversation of sort of like R.J. Barrett last year, for example, where, yeah, R.J. was a second year player, but he had a guaranteed spot in the starting lineup and pretty much a guaranteed, like, 30 to 35 minutes a night, almost nightly. And at worst, he would get, like, maybe 25 minutes. And I feel like Quickly has kind of played himself into that spot. It sort of brings up that discussion again of, you know, if Quickly was taken with the 8th pick and Obi was taken with the 25th pick, how different would – how they're treated and looked at, you know, by – seems like people on the team or in within the team, you know, like Tibbs and, and the other coaches – front office, whatever, how different would the opinions be if he wasn't looked at more like found money instead of, you know, if he was taken higher in the the draft being looked at like a, like a crown jewel, you know what I mean? And I don't think that they don't value him. For example, I don't think that he's like, that they're like, oh, well, he's only a 25th pick, so he's worthless. But I do think that he's being sort of held back in a way by the fact that he was drafted where he was. And so they're like almost trying to bring him along slowly, I guess. but. He's ready. He's ready to rock like right now. So why not just start giving him more minutes? He's one of the players that is most consistently affecting winning on the team at this point. I mean, Kemba Walker has been pretty humble throughout this whole situation. I think Kemba, you know, is self-aware enough and enough of a vet to realize that he's struggling. Why not throw quickly in the starting lineup for him at this point? I've already advocated for this like two or three times on here, but like do it, just do it. Just, (laughs) Put <laughs> quickly in the starting lineup and start giving him like 25-30 minutes a game and then let Kemba figure his stuff out and split time with Derek Rose then maybe you also give them more opportunities to have rest days so that they can feel healthy and like they're contributing to the team and then maybe just maybe Kemba and Rose both are in good shape by the time you hit the playoffs IQ is you know fully seasoned as a starting point guard on your team with Julius Randle who he probably plays off of better than Kemba does. Uh, and, you know, then you have this situation where you have an abundance of talent at your point guard spot and you can sort of sub in whoever's the best out of Kemba or Rose on any given night as the backup behind quickly. I, I just, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make too much sense um, to continue going how things have gone just because the next starting lineup. I mean, again, I, I think tonight was productive for them. I think that they looked all right. I think they, they managed to, hold serve with the suns for a while, but I don't think that they necessarily like inspired me or anything to think like, Oh yeah, they've turned the corner. This Is it, you know, eventually they faltered and eventually they stopped hitting shots again and go figure. I mean, it wasn't all their fault, but the Knicks lost the game and, you know, the starters looked entirely outmatched and yes, it was, you know, the Western conference champion from last year, a team that won two games in the NBA finals last year and and was the favorite going in, you know, so maybe you you read into that, how you will, and they're probably going to be a contender in the West again this year. So maybe the Knicks just got blitzed by a team that's firing also on all cylinders right now. But, you know, I I think that there's a case to be made that a shakeup could still be, you know, worth trying at this point. Um, and, And, you know, I think that again, I haven't even gotten to quickly stats yet, but like, he had 16 points, four assists, shot six of nine, was three of six from three. You know, he was he truly embraced running the point in this game. Like he didn't take that lightly. He was he was trying to set up others. You know, those four assists were very emblematic of his effort. I mean, four assists in 20 minutes, that equates out to roughly like six or seven per 36 minutes, which is great. Uh also, you know, he's back to almost a point a minute, which was like his hallmark last year of being able to come in and score you like almost a, a point per minute. I just, I, I think that he's gotta, he's gotta get a bigger role at this point. You know, he's playing good defense. He's, I mean, he's arguably playing too hard on defense at times where he's over helping things and running around the court so much that guys almost don't know how to react because he's, you know, covering for their butts so many times that guys don't even know where to go then. But, you know, it's uh, quickly is doing all the little things Kemba, there was at least one or two times in this game where I mean, on offense he he cooked a bit. You know, he had I'll I'll talk about it in a sec, but he had like 10 points in the third quarter. Like he actually looked decent on offense at times in this game, but he also was giving some of it back on defense. There's one play in particular that stands out in my mind where he and RJ, you know, were involved in a in a pick and roll. I guess it was trying to think who RJ was covering at that particular moment. Um, I think it was uh, I think RJ was on Booker and then Kemba was supposed to switch onto him uh, on a, on like a pick and roll situation. Cause RJ did a pretty good job on Booker, which I'll get to in a minute as well. But you know, it, Kemba was supposed to switch and at least give a contest on Booker and he didn't. And RJ wound up having to like bound over towards Booker to try to even get a hand remotely in his face and got there late naturally. And uh, you know, Booker then wound up splashing a three and it just wasn't pretty. And you know, you don't want to, you don't want a player out there that even at their best is still kind of giving up some stuff on the other end when, you know, the the offense is so fleeting like it is with Kemba right now and quickly is not doing any of that stuff um, and is is just generally playing good all the time and uh, deserves more time, I think. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my second break here and get us through through all the, the breaks here. And uh, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Black Friday weekend, and Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays. There are going to be new limited-time Built Bar flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, you can get at least 20% off everything, anything and everything, at Bilt.com if you enter promo code LOCKED20. We've got some new flavors as well. And let me tell you, I got my little sample pack and I tried these and they're all really good. Uh, there's a new flavor, Ruby Chocolate Puff, which I don't know if you've ever had a puff built bar, but it's like a big old marshmallow covered in chocolate. But like the marshmallow actually has protein in it. And it's crazy. I don't know how they they managed to do this. It's marshmallowy goodness. It's covered in a unique ruby chocolate never been done with built bar before. It's there's dark chocolate, white chocolate, and now there's a ruby chocolate built bar. Ruby chocolate has a, a beautiful rose color for the holidays, and it's an actual type of chocolate that has like a sort of berry taste to it. It's very good, very unique, and delicious. There's also a lemon dip cheesecake puff. I love lemon for sure. If you love lemon cheesecake, you'll love this one as a tangy taste of lemon with sweet cheesecake and a marshmallowy puff texture, all covered in chocolate. And uh, it's just fantastic. And there's a Built Bar or Bar Built Crave Bar. A Built Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free. If you buy any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of the brand new bars, which is the, the lemon dip cheesecake and the ruby chocolate, you get Built Crave for free. Built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to the bar that claims to satisfy I can't legally say what it is, but you know which one it is. It's caramel-flavored chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving it that nutty, chocolatey, oh-so-good sweet candy bar taste. The Built Crave Bar has only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. There is no candy bar that's even going to come close to that. And I can tell you the Built Bar version of that popular candy bar that you might be thinking of uh, is is fantastic. It tastes so similar to the the thing that I can't say legally that might leave you satisfied, as they say. Uh, so there's no need to fight angry crowds. No need to camp out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are at Built.com. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. Again, you get 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars, all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost. And 40% off Built Swag. Just enter code LOCKED20 at Built.com. All right. And with that, it's now time for a little bit of housekeeping. I got like one more segment. Probably like, I don't know, 10 minutes tops to go through this. Because I don't feel like talking about this game too long. Uh, So first off, props to Devin Booker. I mean, this was like an insane display of shot making. He had 32 points, 14 to 27 shooting. He got some open looks. I think Fournier was guilty of giving him a few. Kemba, as I mentioned, gave him at least one of them. But like R.J. Barrett, for all of his flaws scoring the ball in this game, really tried to give Booker the business on defense. And he had some beautiful possessions against him defensively. There was one that stands out to me. I forget. I mean, the Knicks made a couple mini runs in this game where they got things back down to around like 10 points. And you know, it looked like almost a point where things were going to turn up for them. And then it just didn't uh, because the Suns would just make another three or two or six and <laughs> just bury them again. And one such situation came, I think, in the third quarter. The Knicks were kind of making a run and it, things were getting a little close. I think it was when Kemba was having his like scoring outburst. And RJ was defending Booker and he defended him so perfectly. Booker was like ISOing on him. RJ wasn't biting on anything. He, you know, stuck to Booker-like glue. Things look great. He gets a hand up in his face. I don't even know how Booker got the shot off cleanly, if we're being completely honest. And Booker just splashes it. And it was just like, it was such a backbreaker. You could hear the air kind of come out of the garden on that one because it was one of those situations where the fans were getting ready to cheer RJ on for his great defense. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, "Uh, uh." (laughs) everything just fell apart. And you know, it's just kind of emblematic of how Booker's night was. Uh, 32 points, 14 and 27 shooting. I mean, gotta give him props where it's due. I'm not like a huge Devin Booker fan or anything, but he's he's a really, really talented scorer and and he definitely brought the bag uh to this game. So I already mentioned Kemba actually looked pretty good on offense. Uh the 10 points in the third quarter was really good. The only problem, and I, I alluded to this already, so I won't beat the point to death, but it seems like he's really got to be scoring at a high level to be a plus right now. And the scoring has been so inconsistent for him. It's like, he can't, it's almost like he can't find his way scoring unless he's sort of just like being the offense. You know, if he's not in control of the offense, he's having a really hard, like I I don't have his pull-up stats in front of me. And maybe this is something I'll bring up for a pod, like maybe for Monday's pod or something after the, the Atlanta game tomorrow. But like, you know, it seems like he's not doing great in spot-up situations and situations where he's not just, like, pulling up for three or, you know, getting inside or pulling up for a mid-range shot or whatever the case. Like, it seems like if he's not creating the offense, the offense isn't – there's nothing really to be spoken of. Um, And that's kind of a problem. Like, you can't have a player out there that pretty much has to be scoring to be even, like, a neutral, for example – uh, it just is not a great business strategy. So we'll have to see how things end up going in that regard. But I hope that things improve uh, for Kemba, though, I, I you know, again, I, I'm fully on board with just making the change at this point, throwing quickly in the starting lineup, because I think I think we're starting to really see something special out of quickly. And I, I would hate to squander that uh, in, in favor of just keeping playing Kemba for as much as we are. Uh, Julius, I, I, you know, I thought. Really just not a great game by his standards, especially. 9.6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 of 8 shooting. He seemed kind of overly passive, overly deferential. The main thing, too, I noticed, I mean, he really got bothered by Jay Crowder. Uh, they were kind of getting getting into each other's business all night. Uh, Jay Crowder has a way of doing that, and you kind of just have to be prepared for it. And it's not like Randall's never played against Jay Crowder in his life before. And I, I certainly don't think he's never been matched up against him before. I seem to remember him being matched up with him last year against the Suns as well um so I you know I I think that Julius just needed to try to be a little more aggressive and instead he just kind of kept you know Crowder plays a good style of defense where he stays in front of you Julius didn't seem that interested in trying to like go deeper into his bag to try to pull out you know uh, not that they've always been great for him but like a spin move or a, a particularly fancy crossover or you know, just trying to get a burst of speed to get around Crowder. It kind of just seemed like he deferred to just like, all right, I'm just going to take some pull-up shots. and That's fine. You know, I'll pull up from mid-range a few times and whatever. Whereas recently we've been seeing him like at his best, he's all over the place. He's crashing in for offensive rebounds. He's getting putbacks. He's, you know, cutting to the rim to try to get, you know, some makes that way. He was running a little bit of pick and roll, pick and pop, whatever recently. And I just felt like we didn't see that much out out of him in this game. And it was just one of those where he felt kind of uninspired. And, it, you know, it's just, you can't have those out of your, your guy that's supposed to be your star player, you know, and you can't have him be so bothered by someone like a Jay Crowder, who's, you know, an annoying role player, but ultimately just that, an annoying role player, you know, he can't be the guy that completely puts your night off and, you know, makes you completely ineffective and, and not useful on a basketball court. Like you're, get, you're getting paid like a star and like, that is your role in the team and your team looks to you. So like, you need to really just kind of, if you're Julius Randall, try to beat that guy, you know, try a little harder to, to get into him, try a little harder to like, start some stuff with him and, you know, talk some junk and, you know, get, get riled up and maybe your team will follow. Um, I felt like that was sort of part of the problem in this game. Uh, RJ also, you know, he played okay at points, but you know, he, he fell back into the slump. He shot three of 10, for as good as I thought he was on the defensive end on Booker, he really wasn't good on offense, which I guess just kind of goes to prove like he's very different from, say, Kemba Walker, where if Kemba is not working on offense, you're getting nothing out of him. At least if RJ is not playing well on offense, you can still get pretty good defense on the other team's best wing player. And like as good as Devin Booker was in this game, I I, I feel like that was more a testament to Booker than it was to RJ playing bad defense or something, because I thought he had a, a good game in that respect. Um, I also just kind of wanted to give Tibbs uh, some props for being willing to throw the towel early, uh, you know, and, and not play the starters all the way till the end of the game in a game that was clearly a lost cause. You know, when you're down by 20 with seven, eight minutes to go, maybe just put some bench players in and just let them get some time to play. So the first such one was putting in Kevin Knox. And then shortly thereafter, a few minutes later, put in uh, Jericho Sims and put in Deuce McBride. And then you also had Quentin Grimes out there and Obi Toppin, and that was your closing lineup. And cool. That's great. I mean, I I wish that Tibbs would do that more often in some of these sort of lost cause games. Granted, I know a lot of some of the heartbreaking losses the Knicks have had, they've been sort of in it uh, into the fourth quarter, and then it just kind of falls apart there. But And there's also been a couple times where they almost made comebacks this year, to be fair. But this game just all along just kind of felt like the, you know, the the Suns were the cat and the Knicks were the mouse in this game, and and you know it was not a Tom and Jerry situation. It was a it was a real life situation where the mouse had no shot. Um, so you know that it was smart, I think, of Tibbs to sort of make those moves and put you know the the younger players in because you're on the first game of a back to back. So keep your guys' legs fresh, even an IQ, you know, or, or some of the younger guys, you know keep their their legs fresh you know if, maybe don't keep obi's legs quite so fresh to where he only plays 14 minutes including a lengthy stretch of straight up garbage time to end the game uh, he didn't get to play a ton of productive minutes in this game um so maybe you know don't rest the young players that much but like taking iq iq's you know day to day health into account you know i dislike that he had 20 minutes but I, I wouldn't have wanted him to have the 24 because that final four was useless, you know, the minutes that Deuce played. And it got Deuce sometime, you know, in an, in an NBA game. Um, so, you know, I, I wish IQ would have been playing more earlier uh, somehow and still been able to play, you know, 25 minutes. And then had he played those final four minutes, that would have been close to 30. That would have been a great total for me. Um, but it was good of Tibbs to do that. It was also kind of funny, like, to see Monty Williams on the other side, he kept, I mean, again, your team is on a 14 about to be 15 game winning streak. He kept all of his starters in like, like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I think Jay Crowder too. And I think who's, I, I don't know who the other like starter is. And I think McCall bridges. Yeah. McCall bridges and kept them in, or maybe had Cam Johnson in for one of those guys or something, but kept like, you know, his core three really key players, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Devin Booker in like until like around 2 minutes left in the game. And I just was looking at that and I was like it's kind of kind of weird to be on the other side of this for once. I mean, Tibs, Tibs sometimes it's even more understandable because it'll be like a 10-point lead, you know, and we've seen the Knicks give up a 10-point lead in 2 minutes before uh pretty easily. So, I can understand that, but like the Suns were toying with the Knicks the whole time, and it wasn't like Cam Payne wasn't smoking them off the bench, too, or Cam Johnson wasn't smoking them off the bench, or, you know, a myriad of other guys off the bench for the Suns weren't playing well. they Their bench did great, too. The whole team was great. So I, I don't know why Monty Williams was afraid to throw the bench guys in there, but it was just kind of funny to look at another coach who also has, you know, reputation. Like he came up, he was playing for the Knicks back in the, The Jeff Van Gundy and and like Tibbs years, um, and even uh, had like a nice little anecdote uh, at at one point, you know, that he had been asked about prior to the game that they aired during the game about, you know, how rigorous the practices were back in the 90s and all that stuff. Uh, I guess it's just kind of interesting to see someone else with that same philosophy that we kind of get mad about all the time. Uh, I also, uh, very last thing, I'll just say, Wally Zerbiak was on the call with Mike Breen instead of Clyde. Clyde had a day off. Clyde, I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving and you enjoyed your day off. I sincerely hope you're back tomorrow, though I get the feeling you're in St. Croix for the weekend. But, my God, Wally just never shuts up, and it was really annoying. I feel like I've never heard Mike Breen less in a game that Mike Breen called than this particular game. And uh, I don't – it it worries me so much that Wally Zerbiak – might be the heir apparent to Clyde because the uh, the quality of MSG broadcast is just going to go so far down and it's not a knock on, well, it's, it's a knock on Wally. I mean, I think he seems like a nice enough dude, but I just don't enjoy his style of commentary anyway. All right. This has been locked on Hicks. I got nothing else to talk about. I can't believe I've talked for this long, quite frankly. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. I think it's going to be Gavin and I again. So something to look forward to uh, both of us back together and uh we'll be talking about the hawks game and maybe a little bit about the week ahead and then have some great shows for you guys next week so uh thank you everybody for listening happy belated thanksgiving one more time uh happy black friday and all that good stuff and uh hope you all got some holiday shopping done i will talk to you all on monday peace out everybody talk to you